Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. Um, we're live on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, um, and YouTube as well. Um, and thank you for everyone that's watching. We've got a few people watching with us on Facebook. Hello to Alan McDonald, um, Patreon and uh, longtime friend of the podcast. Um, Alan said he hadn't realised the theme tune was actually a full song. He thought it was one of my garage band creations that I do for the jingles on the podcast. Well, um, I, I don't know whether or not um, the band that do that are going to be offended by that, Alan. Um, hopefully not. Um, but that's um, Coyote by Wooden Tooth. Um, so it's a very good... Um, it's off an EP, so um, go and look that out. But they very kindly let us use that as our, our opening credits. Um, joining me this evening, then, and we've got some rugby to talk about tonight, which is very exciting. Uh, we have hey. Ian Hay. Hello. And Sandy Smith. Evening all. Balance has been restored. I'm here to sit in the middle, firmly neutral between... The yin and the yang. The yin and the yang, the west and the east. Um, we... Um, on evening, Cammy. Can't see or hear anything. Well, Andy, I hope that's your your issue, not ours, because I can hear the voice here, all right? <laughs> Hold on. I'll, I'll I can hear you, Ian. We can hear I'll look on the, uh, the Facebook group. You guys. Hopefully that's working anyway for everybody now. Give if it's shot, not working, it? well, if Alan's watching it, well, I was going to say if Alan's watching it, he can't hear or see anything, he should give us a message, but obviously he wouldn't be able to hear that, so he wouldn't be able to send me a message. So that's we'll stupid. get a message in about 20 seconds time from people telling us that they, that they can hear this. They can't see. It's weird. It's like being. It's like broadcasting from the future. Or the past. I can't work out which way it works. Anyway. Um, that seems to be working now. I'm, I'm looking at it on Facebook. It's bizarre though because of the delay. I can see myself talking, but I don't know. 20 seconds ago. It's like being Martin McFly, but in a really short time. <laughs> <laughs> um, sports almanac. So you can visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Um, Alan McDonald says, I can hear you, you slump. So, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Um, did, did, did he say that I... Is that an insult? Or is he saying that I slump in my chair? I don't understand. I don't know. Flump. He meant flump. It was a misprint. Flump, right. There we go. I think that was meant to be an insult. So yes, you can visit the blog, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. We're on Twitter at scottrugbyblog, at Cammy Black, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash scottishrugbyblog. We're on Twitch, which is if you search Scottish Rugby Podcast. We're actually the only rugby podcast on there still. Um, groundbreakers that we are. We've got two Didn't followers. Didn't kids, man. Didn't two, kids. two followers, which I think is probably some confused American gamers that stumbled upon us. If you listen to this on Twitch, do let us know. Um, we're just we're just exploring, scoping it out. Um, you can also listen to this as well on any podcast apps out there: Apple, Acast, Spotify. We're on all the apps as well, so you can you don't have to watch us live. You can listen to us afterwards as well. Um, we um, also have now we've got a Patreon, which is like a little subscribers group. So for about the price of a beer um, per month or a little bit more, you can uh, get some bonus extra content. You get an audio version of the podcast with no adverts in it. So um, some people quite like that. We also are committing to at least once once a month putting out an extra podcast. So this month you've had a Q and A that Ian and I did with John last week, and um, which was all sorts of fun. We 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 talked about the difference between pizza and quiche, and and a rule for deciding what toppings work better on a pizza or quiche. Um, we also did um, a long discussion about a roadmap to a third pro team in Scottish rugby, which is well worth listening back to. We had got quite deep into that. Um, on on there. So for three pound a month, you enter the Richie Vernon Thunderdome. Uh, only one enters, no no one leaves. Is that how it works? Everyone enters, no one leaves. You can cancel your Patreon at any time. I should stress that. Um, so we've got the Richie <laughs> Vernon Thunderdome for three pound a month, uh, and for five pound a month, 
um, you can enter the Doogie Donnelly Presidential Suite, where we will take your jacket, sit you down, and get you the finest cigar and rolled between the thighs of a llama or something. I was trying not to be sexist there. I started to be sexist and then I, I backed out. Um, we'll get you a drink. We'll sit you down. We'll look after you. But we'll also read your name out on the podcast as well and give you a bit of a shout out too. Um, so quite a bit of news to get through and some rugby to talk about. So first bit of news, John Barkley um, has the, the long, slow death of John Barkley's career has finally been put out of its misery, Sandy. Um, because there was an indication, I think, at one point that he was going to retire, then he wasn't, and he was kind of hanging on for the right deal. But now he's finally confirmed that he's he's gone, and he's gone with a times art, a kind of semi passive aggressive times article, kind of yeah, lobbing lobbing sort of, I wouldn't say grenades, maybe some smoke bombs. It's um, to be honest, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because there's some hands in the rock for from <laughs> relate, relating to this later on. I can't, and as ungenerous as this is, I can't help but feel that uh, the retirement is now because there was no offers. I mean, maybe there were, but you know, if not, if there were offers, they weren't ones that were appealing, ones that would drag him away from his uh, from his nice home here in Edinburgh. Um, and I think that's got more to do with the announcement. Uh, and the uh, passive aggressive stuff, well, who knows? But you'd be, su- be surprised if there's an autobiography somewhere along the lines. And it's already starting to generate a wee bit of publicity for that, along with his move to his new publishing house. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's now writing a regular column, column for the Times, Ian, so you've got to get those clicks in. And it was it was fairly clickable, some of the stuff that was in there. Yeah, I assume the, the Times pay better than the BBC. Um, <laughs> um, your next port of call, Ian. Getting paid? What? Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've not actually read the same article. Um, I don't think I did. Um, but I, I remember seeing these Instagram posts, and that's quite sort of lengthy. Um, yeah, no, there's been a few rumblings from Edinburgh supporters that he's not exactly Mr. Popular and whatnot, and they're not particularly sorry to see the back of him. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's quite strange, because, I mean, he's, you know, in his retirement speech, he was saying, um, you know, it's, it's time to, to, to hang the coat up. I'm 32 now, and there's been all these injuries, whereas just a couple of months previously, but I suppose he was still looking for a job at this point, um, he was saying, you know, he felt he'd, he'd been playing some of the best rugby of his career, sort of, more recently, and... You know that his body was holding up okay. Um, so, a bit of uh, misinformation there from one side or the other. Um, I just think, like Sandy said, I just don't think there's a don't think there's anything came in for him really. Obviously, with the the um, financial issues that we're all facing, budgets are, are tighter. Uh, so, I just I just don't think anyone could could afford him really. Yeah, and you know, like you said, I think the Sandy, there's you know, if you're stuck in Embra. You really, you, and, and that's where he wants to sell. Fair enough. He's got, I think, he's got some business interests in, in the in the city now. Um, obviously, looking towards a post rugby career. Really, that limits your options to Glasgow, Edinburgh, or, or a stretch Newcastle. Yeah, but certainly no further afield. Newcastle are still in the chat. I mean, they promoted to the Premiership whenever the next season actually resumes. But they're a Championship side at the moment, so their budget's going to be stretched. They've already pretty stacked in the back row as well. So it's a uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not maybe no surprise that he's gone, but I think the some. Are you wanting to save this for your hands in the hands in the rick this week? It is. Are you wanting to? Yeah. Well, I mean, the only other thing I would say is that I mean, I think it really. I mean, when he obviously arrived at Edinburgh, he unfortunately picked up that injury with Scarlets in his in his uh, what would have been his second last game for them, but uh, um, and obviously it didn't start too well, and then he came on to a bit of a game, but in all honesty, he was. Overtaken. That's just—it's just as simple as that. Um, I don't think there would be many Edinburgh supporters now would say who you would switch out of that back row for John Barclay, and that's—I think that's unfortunately just uncomfortable truth of the matter. At the end of the day, he's not—it not, doesn't make him a bad bad player. It's just that younger, hungrier, leaner guys have come along. That's all it is. And I suppose it's quite hard, I suppose, in, in, in a Scottish squad, and when I say Scottish squad, not the national squad, but in a, a Scottish pro team, then the young guys always take precedence because you can't have, for want of a better expression, dead wood hanging around. It's not, yeah. you can't be paying mega wages to have someone come in and be be bin juice, which we'll come on to in a bit, but, you know, be a, be a wider squad player on the wages that John Barkley would be looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I mean, how, how many 21, 22-year-olds can you get for John Barclay's wages is really what it adds up to, or or a combination of that and perhaps the money that's been, you know, saved up elsewhere by other people that haven't been necessarily replaced, as such as such as Hickey. But um, it, you know, you just can't. There's no point in moaning. I think, and again, I'm straining strain towards it. No point in moaning when you get to the end that that you're no longer wanted. You know, it, it's that's the nature of the beast, and you've you know. Take it. I'd like you think to take it with some good grace that you've had plenty of time in in the in the in the limelight, and it's now somebody else's turn. Yeah, I mean, there were certainly elements of that in the article that you know, when your time comes, it comes, and like you said, Ian, that maybe he thought he had a bit more, but maybe actually the longer that you know, having no preseason went on, then the, the harder that was going to be to get to a level where he could could play professionally again, but. You got the impression he knew his time had come, but at the same time, maybe felt like more, more that he's he's been cast, certainly the impression was he's been cast aside rather than and, and that more should be done for rugby players leaving rugby. Ah, uh, this is a common complaint, though, really, isn't it? Um, but like Sandy said, you know, it's kind of the nature of the beast. John Barkley, he'll have taken somebody's place when he was coming through, um, and now the you know it's the circle of life. It's like Logan's it? Logan's run. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. His um, hand, the spot on his hands turned red, and it's time to go into the fiery furnace. Actually, um, speaking of possibly going to Newcastle, would you see Gary Graham sign the new contract today with him? Has he? No, yeah, it's, um, two or three year deal he signed. So yeah, he'll be playing Premiership rugby for them when it's um, when it kicks off next season. Yeah. Um, the other bit, and you speaking of um, disgruntled ex-players, we've also had an interview with Rugby Pass with um, Gav Harper interviewed Rory Hughes. Good old Rosa, um, which was enlightening. Ian um, Rory Hughes uh, very, isn't Dave Rennie's biggest fan. I think it's safe to say that. Felt that he was given lots of promises that weren't kept. Um, well, there was some interesting revelation about going to Leicester and Leicester not being particularly that much of a professional organisation. But it it is, and then kind of something that John Barkley touched on in an interview. It is really down to how are these wider squad players are being 
treated and the messages that are being given to them. And we, we, we talked about Matt Smith a couple of episodes ago and the way that he had felt, and Rory Hughes touched on that a little bit in his interview, but that Rory Hughes, I'm going to time mark this so I remember what to take this out, but Rory Hughes essentially said that Dave Rennie talked to my face. And that's the impression. I mean, Matt Smith effectively said the same, is that there are, this is what coaches are doing, is they're giving promises. And to a certain extent, they have to give promises to keep people on the hook, to keep them interested. But at the same time, if those promises aren't fulfilled, then you're going to start to get disgruntlement in the ranks. And, and Rory Hughes, you know, Matt Smith and Rory Hughes are not outliers here. We have, there is a sense that the kind of once a warrior, always a warrior isn't necessarily true for everyone. Um, yeah, it was he was quite uh, forthright with his opinions, as you would expect from from good old Rosa. Um, but no, it's uh, you know anyone who follows us on Twitter might have seen that I've you know this is a it's a sort of repeating pattern because Alex Dunbar has said a similar thing a few months ago as well as Matt Smith. Um, so for all that Dave Rennie talks about great and you know building a great culture and you know he's he's fully aware that he's got these sort of young men that he can sort of mould in a sort of almost like a sort of fatherly kind of way. You know, he always talked about building great, great teams and great men, you know, building great human beings. Um, but then there seems to be, uh, you know, uh, over-promising and under-delivering to certain players, to these guys who are, you know, they know they're not first names on the on the team sheet. Um, but, you know, if they're, for all this talk of building great cultures and whatnot, it seems to be... You know, it's, it's not being backed up, or certainly some players are, are feeling that's the case. And you know, if it's maybe just one person, um, you could always put them to sour grapes or have you. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a few instances now. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe uh, maybe it was just all talk from Dave Rennie. Obviously, you know, it's we he's got his side of the story as well, and it'd be unfair to just instantly sort of go Team Rosa. Um, <laughs> but it's. It's you know, like I said, you know, it's a few people that have said the same thing now. Um, yeah, I mean, Alan McDonald makes a, a, a fair point. I think Sandy said, not to be harsh, but that isn't that a reality of of employment for many of us that you, you know you maybe do feel undervalued. I would say that a good manager will make everyone feel valued and 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 understand their place in an organisation, even if that place is to carry the tackle bags and, and take the water on the pitch. That your role in that is is explained very clearly to you and the expectations are, are, are made clear to you and you, your expectations are managed to an extent, but that you aren't given false promises. That's That, to me, is good management. We we had, um, when we were talk, did our Lions retrospective, that's why the 97 Lions tour worked because they didn't have any, they were dirt trackers, but the dirt trackers understood where their place in that squad was and there was no grumbling from them at all. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, I can't feel I've got a, not that he needs me to help him, but I mean, it's e- it's easy when he's not present to to point the daggers in in, in Dave Rennie's direction. And, and as Alan says, it's you know that's the in a competitive business like this, and you've only got twenty three guys in a in a match day squad. Somebody's going to be to use that phrase the binge uh, and chances are it's you know. Half of those, or maybe three quarters of those people that are that you would call binges are are going to be perpetually that because they're either not as talented as the ones or the opportunities just don't come in their direction. You're right though. It, it, it's how do you? Is there a way to actually keep 
these guys happy because you've got to try and I suppose you've got to try and make sure that they if they do get called upon that they feel that they were worthy of it but at the same time you're probably not going to be calling on them too often um, so you've maybe got to and that again it sounds harsh but I don't know that, that I just don't know that there's a it's all very well in a tour when you when you know you're only going to be carrying the tackle bags for three weeks and you're down in New Zealand and enjoying the, the camaraderie and all the rest of it but when it's your day in day out job and you know potentially or you've a re, you'll have a reasonable idea that that your that your chances are limited yeah um it's not the same as easy to make that um to bolster somebody to the, the point that they're always going to be happy i suppose it's interesting isn't it this is all generally coming out of glasgow these grumblings. I mean, John Barkley seems to be a bit of an outlier with Edinburgh, and, and there may have been other issues at Edinburgh Forum that, that might have fed into how he felt. But I, Matt Smith was at Edinburgh very briefly at the end of the season, but not long enough to get his feet under the table. And I know he he felt like Richard Cockrell was spinning in the same lines, but I don't think yeah. equally Richard Cockrell had had any time to make good on any promises he'd made. Um, but the, there doesn't seem to be the same sense of departing Edinburgh players having the same complaints you know Matt Smith Matt Smith not Matt, Matt Scott <laughs> talked about the fact that he you know the contract was withdrawn at short notice but the Richard Cockrell went and made contact with Leicester and yeah. effectively you know did a lot of the ground acted as an agent for him almost to get him the job so it seems yeah. to be a, a maybe symptomatic of something that's gone on at, at Glasgow for a period rather than a, a kind of problem within Scottish rugby as a whole maybe Richard Cockrell's better at it I don't know well, certainly that would. I mean, the, the the fact that he reached out to Leicester and try and get him a job, which he eventually got, is, is certainly going to um, take away some level of uh, annoyance. You're going to feel it being, uh, it being not getting the contract you thought you were going to get. Perhaps there's it's maybe just as simple as that. Is that you know, if if you think you've been jettisoned, but you do then pick up a contract with one of the biggest sides in English rugby, you're maybe not quite so annoyed. Um, whereas if you've not got a job at all, or you've you know, you feel as if you've been um, downgraded, you've gone to a club that you don't think is as good. Maybe you've got more cause for, or you maybe you feel you've got more cause for for uh, disgruntlement. Yeah. Um. Anything else from either of you on on Rosa Hughes and and John Barkley before we move on? Um, no, I'm good. No, a bit of um, bit of pa- parish notices almost. Um, that we've got um a new president. Of the SRU and Colin Rigby, and Ian Barr has uh, no. Ian Barr's the president, sorry, yeah. and Colin Rigby's the setup and our vice president. So that's gone through um, as part of a virtual part one of an AGM. So doing it in two um, two parts. So um, Colin Rigby's from Stuart's Mel, um, and he defeated Keith Wallace of Harrington by 112 votes to 97. So it's fairly close. Um, Ian Barr served his two years as vice VP, so he um, he goes to uh, on to be president, taking over from D Bradbury. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I know kind of Ian Barr's been a bit of a kind of outspoken critic of the way things against our review have gone. But we've only had part one of the AGM. There's various motions going to and fro around Super Six, around accounts. We're getting delayed accounts because of COVID. So, watch this space. Things might might get interesting politics wise in Scottish rugby. Um, the big news, though, is we've got some actual rugby happening this weekend on Saturday. We've got, now I've got this the right way around, Glasgow versus <laughs> Edinburgh because 
And we'll start. Let's start with the, with the match allocation. This is Glasgow's home game, Ian, at yeah, Murrayfield. Um, they've presumably swapped it because there's a chance, a very tiny, tiny chance that that they may that they might try and get some fans in for the second leg of this, which would more likely be Edinburgh fans, given that Glasgow haven't really got much skin left in the game this season. Is that fair? Do you think that? Are you, I mean, there's been a lot of a couple of Glasgow Warriors fans saying why why isn't this at Scotston? But I think everyone understands why. Yeah, it's hard to social distance at Scotston. Um, you'd, you'd get like two people in the north stand, and that'd be about you. Um, yeah. Also, obviously, you know, if it's um, to reduce travel and the risk of uh, you know possible infection spreading, um, that would make makes sense that if the very slim if chance um, of supporters getting in, it would make more sense for it to be Edinburgh fans. Um, I think actually uh, Rhiannon, Rhiannon McCrory uh, came up with an interesting theory um, about how next year, if they reverse it to, so it's like Edinburgh have got two home games, it means they can do Silver Saturday next year, which mm, I thought was an interesting take. Interesting yeah. take. Um, yeah, I'm not that, you know, I mean, like, these are dead rubbers for Glasgow, really. Um, there is hee-haw chance of us getting in, in the playoffs. Um, so it's, you know, it's no skin off my nose, but they, but they class as a home and away game. And anyway, it's an away game anyway, because it's in Murrayfield, so... Presumably yeah, you get the nicer changing room. Um, I think there was... We, did we chat about that yesterday? I, I thought it was such one of the questions somebody asked Danny Wilson yesterday. Are you allowed to talk about um, which? What are you allowed to talk about? Because we know you've interviewed so far. You've interviewed Fraser Brown, Danny Wilson, and Cockers. Cockers. I think we're allowed to see you've done that. We've got Mish in the morning. But what what press what press conferences are you allowed to talk about, Ian? At this point, because some of them are under embargo. Uh, at the moment, just Danny Wilson. Just Danny Wilson. Um, although I've seen um, Andy Newport has written something about from Cockers uh, press conference today on. For rugby pass, so yeah, I think we can maybe talk about that. Um, but Fraser Brown stuff's under embargo until ten o'clock, so can't say anything for another hour. <laughs> I mean, I we could, we could say it from the podcast because I would go until after ten, but people well, are it's going out live now. Yeah, yeah, so we can't. Um, so yes, we can talk about Danny Wilson. Uh, yeah, he's he wasn't too sure if he was going to take the change room. I think I'm not actually listening back to the calls yet. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to do that after this. I'm going to do the Glasgow article after this. And then uh, after this, speaking to the Mish, which we're all very excited about, I'm sure, um, tomorrow I'll do the Edinburgh one. Yeah. Um, so, Sandy, um, I, I don't think it makes much difference to anybody, really, This, especially this first game. It's it's pre-season, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing I was seemed a bit odd is... And on the grand scale, it's not the most important, is that I think this game on Saturday has been designated as the 1872 game, which is, you know, technically incorrect, because that, I mean, maybe this lends some fuel to Rhiannon's fires, because it, it, it should have been the Edinburgh home game that was 1872. I mean, I know it, but the home games are all in these these being very commas. I know that, but uh, so other than that, yeah, right, it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. Um, uh, in what order, I suppose, and uh, and they're all playing at the same place. My only the only thing for me is I've I've had done a thing for the the virtual match day program, which I've now had to 
throw in the bin because the match day programme would only be for the Edinburgh game, the home game. And it could <laughs> things could have entirely changed by next week. So <laughs> so I'm gonna have to read bloody right that. Excuse my language. <laughs> just keep the mace bit and then just update a few bits here and there. Aye, aye. Fine. So um I mean it's hard to gauge really kind of what what we're gonna see from this. We've seen photos of everyone back in training. We know they've started contact training again, but it's it's a complete. We're in complete uncharted territory. I think you know you've got nobody's been, no one's got to be match conditioned, but it's not you know eighteen seventy two cups and games are not known for players holding back, so it's not going to be. A, but it's going to be strange watching at Murrayfield. I mean, we've no news from Premier Sports as to whether or not there's going to be crowd noise pumped in, but it's Murrayfield. So if you, no offense, Andy, if you're pumping a normal Ember crowd noise, then it's, you wouldn't notice much difference. Sorry, it's just that's, it's I'll just get because of the, it's just because of where they put. That's all. <laughs> but it is. I mean, no, I, I, yes, and you go. Yeah, but I mean, if the if the evidence of the English Premiership is any go by, what we'll get is loads and loads of penalties mm. and uh, drop passes and people getting used to the the reapplication of the of the laws that they've not been used to. And and the first game may well be an an awful lot more scrappy than the second one. I mean, they're, they're, they usually are scrappy affairs at the best of times, the 1872 games, the Glasgow Edinburgh games. So, you know, with a lack of play and the, I mean, even even the, the Super Rugby stuff, the first couple of games, there was a fairly high penalty count until the until the player all kind of got to grips with what they were be, being expected, uh, expected to do. So and I think that'll be exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at a kind of, I, mean, I don't know, I think the weather's not looking great for the weekend, Ian, but it's not a, a classic 1872 kind of scrap on the deck. Is <laughs> that what we're looking uh, at? Yeah, even though it's, you know, this is this is summer rugby, the summer rugby dream that I envisaged. Um, yeah, it's been a honk in the day. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I'm not holding it for a classic um I think we will see a lot of penalties. I mean, was it? I think Leicester conceded twenty-eight penalties in their game, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, twenty-eight penalties is. You no, know, I mean the most managers say that you might keep your penalty count into single figures, so that's about three matches worth they've got there. Um, and obviously, you know, when this was getting discussed, you know, Richard Cockrell saying, "I've got." matches to win because you know I've got a semi-final possibly a final um, but Danny Wilson might have more of a chance to experiment with his team um, of course famously as has been revealed there is going to be a surprise at 15 mm-hmm. uh, we think it's Hugh Jones yep we're pretty sure it's Hugh Jones him even though I don't ever think I've seen him kick uh, so that'll be interesting. Was it um, who has, was it said? Who was it said that was it on our group chat? Someone said Scott Cummings has kicked more than uh, than Hugh Jones think, in a match. Was, yeah, John, John, John. Yeah, and then I said I've seen Sam Skinner kick more often, and I've only seen about three hours of Sam Skinner. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, but Jones has played wing for the Stormers before. Um, I think he's maybe filled in a couple of times for Warriors. If you know, if it's been a bit of a reshuffle. Um, fullback would be interesting. Obviously, he's a very good broken field runner. Um, so if he's got plenty of open paddock to run into, it would certainly be one of his strengths. But um, you know, how is he under the high ball? How is he's one-on-one tackling? You know, obviously the 
the sort of disaster down in Wales, we questioned Hugh Jones' defensive abilities. There have been a few question marks over his defensive abilities, to be fair. Um, as there is of short hogs, uh, so the a recurring theme. Um, but no, it's I mean it's interesting to see him there. Uh, it seems to be that's the the number one sort of consent uh, number one thought is that it's going to be Hugh Jones. Star McDowell has also been mentioned. I mean we've got he's got an absolute cannon of a left foot. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it looks like it's going to be Jones. Also, interestingly, Danny Wilson has said that Nakarawa isn't going to be available for both games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's still in Fiji after birth of his child and also flights, I think, only resumed this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly with Nakarawa, he said that he does envisage him playing in the back row quite a lot this year. Um, obviously, you know, you've got Cummings, who's, uh, you know, Scotland international frequently nowadays. He's a very good player. He's only 23, so a lot of coming from him. And Richie Gray as well. He can't play six. Um, he's a bit bit slow for that I think um, <laughs> so yeah so it looks like we've seen um, a bit more of Nakarawa in the back row this year I mean we saw when we went to the city and we played eight at Sale I think mm, that game yeah. and it's you know he's got all the skills to do it and he's, he's done it before it would seem a good option if it allows Glasgow to um, kind of mix things up a bit I mean you, you get it's another lineup option I guess yeah another... he's, he's, he's pretty good over the ball as well um 2015 World Cup, he was actually one of the, the top jackals, and seeing as Fiji went out in the, the group stages, that's quite an achievement. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't think there's any there's a, a wee bit of concern I think on Twitter this morning that the kind of quotes that come up from Danny Wilson were that Leone Nakarawa is looking like he's doing another runner like he did at Paris last year, but I, I think the it genuinely is that flights have only just resumed from Fiji. He went to Fiji with the full blessing of everybody involved at the time due to COVID, I think there was one of the last planes out he got to go back home because of the birth of his child and he's got father, he's got family out there. But it, it makes sense if he can't get back, you know, no matter even if he's been doing full Rocky Four training, chopping logs with his bare hands and running up mountains in Fiji, then you're still you're still a way off kind of being able to rock straight up to Murrayfield, put put your boots on and play. So I don't think there's any there's nothing concerning, I don't think. And I think maybe some of um some of Danny Wilson's quotes are maybe taken out of when in the when they're written down, saying I have full, I have full confidence in the player returning. In writing, looks like you don't have any confidence. But assuming at the at the press conference, it sounded fairly genuine that you know he's he's coming back and they're pretty co- they are confident that he is. Yes, good. But he delivered the lines. You know, he was, he was kind of having a wee joke at first. Like I don't know, is he coming back? Um, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I think it was. Uh, you know, I, th- I think he was just sort of clarifying. You no, know, he is. We're, we're pretty sure we're confident he's going to come back. Um, obviously, you know, people, weird things can happen, but no, we're pretty sure Leone Nakarawa will be back. Yeah, um, just not in, not in time for the eighteen seventy two games. How are you feeling, Sandy? Then, because Glasgow have kind of got, and and this is the what, what Ian, Ian was talking about, and it's kind of pre, I think probably pre embargo that the rugby pass have jumped the gun a wee bit here, and, and we've got a quote from Richard Cockrell talking about how Danny Wilson doesn't hold any secret. You know, there are no secrets in Scottish rugby. Danny Wilson, being for, former forwards coach, doesn't have any any more insight as a as a you know as a Glasgow coach than he would do of the Glasgow players. But I suppose from Glasgow's point of view, Danny Wilson has. You know the ability to use these two games to, to as, for preseason really is a, a free roll of the dice almost. Whereas Embra maybe aren't going to have that much of a chance to kind of experiment or try anything different. Is that is that a worry or are you quite? Is consistency a good thing? 
I'm I'm happy with the fact. I suspect that the the Edinburgh team had. I mean, I, I suspect at least thirteen out of fifteen. I could probably. I reckon if then unless something different has happened to training to say otherwise, thirteen out of fifteen over the over the would be the ones that had started the, the last games against Cardiff or what before. So, and I think that I think that's not a bad thing uh, at this stage when you've when you've got to go straight potentially into a semi final, quarter final of the, the Challenge Cup. Um, I mean, great if if you if you're not you know at the uh, at the business end and you're trying to you want to try and get st- kick started off for the new season, then yeah, you use the time. But there's not that many, not that many new faces. I think at Edinburgh that would go straight in anyway. I thought I, I can't can't really see that. Um, I mean, we've obviously lost Matt Scott, but um, George Taylor's probably the, the replacement right there, uh, and you know, and, and the up and coming guy. Um, other than that, everybody's pretty much the same as what they were. Yeah, uh, and that's you know. Assuming they're all fit and ready to go, um, I think that's a good thing. Who are the ones you think? What what positions do you think in it for Embra are the ones that you're uncertain about? Because I'm not going to make you pick a 15 because by the time no. some people listen to this, the 15s are, are going to be boring. picked and, and it'll be it'll be gone. You know, we'll be yeah. talking about history. But but who? What what positions do you are, are you not sure about Sandy from Embra? Well, I think there's only for me. I mean, if I was me, I would be based on you know, past performance and being no indication of the future and all that, all the rest of it. Um, there's only really two where there's a debate is well, uh, 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 at nine, uh, where you've either, you're really either starting with Groom or uh, Henry. Uh, I would go with Henry for this, personally. Um, I think he offers more control uh, in, uh, in this sort of game, uh, particularly one where there's going to be a lot, I think, a lot of penalties, lots of mistakes and Somebody that's uh, that has that control, I think, is ideal for that. And then the other one, I think, is a, 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 as intriguing as it one. Um, I mean, Rory Sutherland, obviously, um, before lockdown, was ripping up trees. Um, and by even by listening to Pierre Schumann on various places as he's been advertising his new business as well as rugby, um, he said that. Uh, uh, Sutherland has been looking brilliant in training as well, um, and then there's the and just to sort of give some background to that really is that in that last game against Cardiff, we um, Edinburgh started with Jamie Batty at Loosehead, uh, and uh, and at 45 minutes things weren't looking too clever, and I don't think it was all down to Jamie but he was subbed on Kim Pierre Schumann and uh, still was awarded man of the match and was uh, and you know turned around what looked like a game we were going to lose into a, uh, into a winning position quite a tight edgy game um, so there's a good and I think they will regardless and maybe not even just this game I can see them being having more time each other on the or certainly Sutherland having more time on the pitch whether he's starting or coming on mm. rather than the sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes that they were getting before because he's obviously starting to look like the guy that we know he can be. So um potentially start with Sutherland and bring on a uh, Schumann for an impact later on in the uh, later on in the game. Yeah. The rest of them I think it's just I mean you you, you know the positions, you know I mean the back three picks itself. Um a uh, and probably the rest of the scrum picks itself, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Any big, any big question marks for for Glasgow then, Ian? I mean, I suppose it's 
hopefully see big Richie Gray in, in second row. He might get, um, I suppose centres are going to be interesting. Ten's pretty much nailed on. Probably looking at Ali Price at nine. It's any kind of, apart from 15, which I've seen someone suggested tonight, Brandon Thompson for an option at 15. And I think I've already blocked that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was another suggestion, Pete Horn at 15, but I don't think he's getting the gas. Um, Aki Suley, he's injured. He's carrying, I think, was it a hamstring injury he's got? Or Kyle Stain's got a hamstring tweak. Um, so those those boys are out. Um, centre is a, it's a position in Glasgow fairly well stacked at. Uh, wings, probably Seymour and Matawalu. Uh, or maybe Nico will be on the bench. Because um, that is, I mean, that whole, the, the, the outside backs are really the. We were missing men, and obviously Stain can play there as well. But if he's not going to be fit, that's, that's another uh, another body you can't count on. Um, yes, I, f- I think just outside backs and who is going to be locking. Um, obviously, Nakarawa is not an option, uh, so we think it would be at least Cummings, Gray, hopefully Richie Gray will be playing. Um, Danny Wilson, as I said, he's he's available for selection. Um, so I reckon we probably see Gray and Cummings with McDonald on the bench, possibly, or, or maybe even Harley, um, so he can cover uh, lock and back row. Um, I looks it might be a bit of an issue, seeing as Kebble, if Sealy's not fit, Kebble's there. Who's, I can't even think who else is there. <laughs> He'd probably be looking to one of the young boys, Adam Nicol, can he play that side? Or Murray McDonald? Uh, so I'd say. Loose head and outside backs, particularly the wings, are the the areas of concern for me, and also a backup option at ten. Yeah, and um, Sani, I'm going to put you on the spot then. What are you what are you going for and um, for for a score then? Because it's quite. I mean, this is it's hard to call because we've got no form to go off. Well, I'll uh, I'll just give you what I put on the um, the uh, what do you call it uh, the predictor thing. Name drink, I've forgotten the name of it. Uh, Edinburgh to win by 20. It's <laughs> a big that's big talk, Ian. Is, I mean, this is a go home big game. or go home. This, <laughs> this is our home game, so we will go home. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, Edinburgh of a 12, no, not quite 20, 10, between 10 and 12, yeah. 10 and 15. Okay. We'll go for a five point spread, 10 to 15 point Edinburgh win because Glasgow don't care. <laughs> it's like a training. This is a training match. Excuses on there. There you go. We're just we're, we're actually doing it for the benefit of Scottish rugby, letting you top the conference so you get an easier so you get the home game. So we're doing it for you. It's, yeah, it's very kind. As to a fault, I would say. Okay, now I understand, Sandy. You've got a quiz for us. Now, before we do it, what what quiz could we have without having a, a quiz though? Theme a quiz theme song. So we're going to go with this. We're going to go go with this if I can get it to work. Let's welcome your host, Henry Kelly.
Uh, it's not Henry Kelly, it's Sandy Smith, is our host for this hey. evening. I just like, I like the going for the going for the goal theme is great. And it's Henry Kelly, so you can't beat it. Um, we've got a couple of score predictions before we go in. Um, Alan McDonald says Glasgow by 17. Uh, <laughs> Ian like Wallace says uh, Ember by 15 to 20. Andy Lone says Glasgow by 23. Oh, I'm The blockbusters theme has started playing in my ear. That's disturbing. <laughs> um, Alan McDonald said he remembered when those graphics on Going for Gold look good. So, um, Sandy, you've got a quiz for you, for Ian and I. So we're gonna we're gonna try this. I don't normally allow quizzes on the on the podcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. How many how many questions do you want to go? With? They're very it's very simple. Who's the, the, the it's based on uh, Pro Fourteen stats. In a number of criteria, I've got up to about fifteen, but you can. Let's do. Let's do ten. And if we get bored after five, and it feels like it's dragging off on, we'll we'll bring it to a close. So let's let's try for ten. So uh, okay, so based on uh, Pro Fourteen's own stats page on their own website, um, they've uh, listed the outstanding team in a number of categories. So what we'll I I think what we'll do is if uh, you can both have a shout as to what it is. And and if you get whoever gets it right gets a point. If not, we'll just move on. All right. Yep, that's fine. All right. Okay. So uh, start with a start with a really easy one. Uh, most points in the season so far. That's Leinster. Leinster. Yeah. So that's no points for anybody there because you both got it. Uh, okay. Uh, most uh, largest number or most offloads. Glasgow. Kings, not Kings, Cheaters. Cammy's uh, right, it's Glasgow. Yeah, Danny Wilson said that in an interview a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I've been paying attention uh, to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, uh, defenders beaten. Defenders beaten. Now, I'm going to say this this is not going to be someone that you'd expect. Otherwise, Sandy think. wouldn't have mentioned it. Defenders beaten. I'm going to say. I've not there's only three. I'm going to say Ulster for a laugh. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go with the cheaters again. It's Glasgow. Oh, 300, 366, believe it or not. There I was going go. to say Glasgow. I didn't think it'd be Glasgow twice in a row. Maybe third. Maybe yeah. third. Uh, I know. It was a double, it was a double bluff, Cammy. So um, <laughs> let's go. Um, uh, clean breaks. Clean breaks. I'm tempted to say Glasgow again, but I don't want me. Um, Leinster. Connaught. Ulster. Oh, oh, I was going to say them. Still only 1-0, can we still? Um, uh, let's go the other way. Um, uh, most number or biggest number of tackles? Ooh, most tackles. Is this tackles completed or most tackles? Tackles completed, yeah. Tackles just, completed. Just, just, a, just a total number, yeah. Johnny Gray. <laughs> oh, that is correct. Uh, uh, zebra. Oh no, I'm going to say it's not zebra. Whose tackle's completed? I think it is going to be. I'm going to go with Ulster. Correct. Eve Ulster. He's cheating. I'm not. I'm not yeah, even looking. Okay. I can share my desktop if you want my check. <laughs> I could see so, you uh, that was the, that was just the largest number of tackles. So on a related note, uh, tackle success percentage rate, highest percentage rate of tackle success. Johnny Gray. 
he's he's the answer for everything, really. Isn't I know. He? <laughs> uh, all your defensive woes, certainly. Um, so tackle. This is tackle completion rate. So we're looking at something that's going to be. Who's, who's good at defending? Oh, I don't think Munster have been that good this season. I'd normally say Munster, but I don't think it's Munster. Ospreys have been woeful. So they have been. I don't think it's going to be a Welsh team. I'm going Edinburgh. Correct. Mm. And you had to get one least... Edinburgh in there, Ian. I had to get I know, I, and, <laughs> and, and the least number of missed tackles, but we'll leave that one to one side. Um, uh, <laughs> who has kicked the furthest in terms of meterage? Teams or is this teams? Teams, yeah. Monster. Kick the first. Um, I'm going to say it's Ospreys. Dragons. Oh, that was my second answer. My second choice. And and incidentally, I was when I was looking at this, uh, Dragons are the only team to have scored a drop goal in the Pro 14 this season. Wow. You see, Jamie okay. Roberts has tested positive for COVID. Yeah, for COVID, now. Yeah. <laughs> wonder if you got that on the on the second job. Yeah, I thought I, I was pleased you finished that with COVID when he said he tested positive. Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, kicks from hand. Kicks from hand. Yeah. So this is going to be someone. My temptation is just to say Munster again. But My temptation is to say Ember because of Henry Purgos. Yes, that's a point. <laughs> Ember. Cardiff. Your, it's actually Scarlets. <sighs> Edinburgh were actually um, eighth in the list. And Glasgow, believe it, as you would have expected, in 12th. <laughs> uh, least number of can, penalties conceded. Oof, least number of penalties. Irish teams get away with murder. So well, they do. It's going to be an Irish team. Uh, and of course, everyone's in their pocket as well because that's where the, everyone's based in Ireland. Well, the D4 Mafia. That's it. Um, um, definitely an Irish team. Monster. Leinster. Zebra. What? Ooh, yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the Italian influence. Well, yeah, maybe go. if they were dirtier, they wouldn't be so rubbish. So let's see, last one. Uh, turnovers, turnovers one. Edinburgh. Glasgow. Cardiff, oh. believe it or not. That's interesting. So that's, that's, that's 10, and it's 3-0 uh, to Cami. That's a very much landslide victory. Can't get, you can't get back from that. We're not coming back from oh. there. No, it's just like Wonderful. Glasgow's. That was a nice departure, Sandy. Thank you for that. I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll allow. I'll occasionally allow quizzes just for a, <laughs> for a wee bit of fun. Um, we'll move on. I'm not going to do the hands in the rock jingle because I've not got it lined up. Um, so you'll just have to sing it to yourselves this week. Um, we'll do hands in the rock. Um, although I did actually call it hands in the rick on Twitter this week. So for one week only, it's hands in the rick. Um, I'll start with you, Ian. While I, while I see if there's any on Twitter. Um, what was, what's your hands in the rick this week? Um. At- I don't know. Nothing's. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Something Is it Andy, you'll have Andy seen. Newport jumping the embargo, the embargo on the Richard Cockrell article. Uh, no, it's um, new, the new book which I've alerted you to, Cammy, which is coming out, and I'm sure that everyone will want to read it. Joe Marlow's got a new book coming out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so if anyone wants to buy me that for Christmas, please don't. Um, yeah, Joe Marlow, he just annoys me. It's just uh, one. Uh, you know, it's just been it's 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 been such a, a just a nice surprise to get 
was it a rugby chat going back again? So I've, I've, I've not had time to be negative yet. Yeah, give it, give it, give it this weekend. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here next week. John's in charge. So, <laughs> apo- I'll apologise in advance for that. Um, Sandy, we haven't had many from Twitter this week. Um, I just I got rickrolled by someone after seeing hands in the rick. Saw that, yeah. Someone <laughs> sent me a, a, a Rick Ashley video. What, what's had it had its hands in your ruck this week? You alluded to it well, earlier. It, yeah, it, it's pretty much players moaning about being left on the scrap heap after you know a, a rugby career of fifteen years. That's. Uh, uh, and in the particularly in the case of Dylan Hartley, who's who's also at it this week, um, re, you know, complaining about how harshly he's been treated from his his country pile with the you know, fifteen acres of land and its own orchard and a, its duck pond and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I always think that's, it's pro sport. You know, you, you there's a cycle to it. You'll get you'll be at the beginning, you'll be at the end, and if you're fortunate enough to to be able to afford a rather large house at the end of it at, uh, at the age of 35, whilst all your mates back from you were at school are still trying to work their way up through the grades and the and the accountancy firm that they that they joined. You know, you've I just think they've had a great they've had a great lifestyle. They've, you've not had to take life too seriously. Okay, they've had to run about a bit and get hit by people, but you know, I don't think there's a need for uh, dragging up. Every tiny little thing that went against you in your in your lengthy career. I'm, it's, I'm going to disagree with you. Sir. It's the first. I think this is probably the first time we've had a disagreement on this podcast. <laughs> no, people, that's always, okay. people always leave us a view saying, <laughs> "Stop agreeing with each other." Um, I can I get what you say. I completely understand what you're saying. I think probably the um, with with Dylan Hartley as well. I don't think it was a particularly well written article given that how much time it spent talking about how nice a house he lived in given yeah, what doesn't, he was doesn't help about. that's no. for sure i think that the, the only thing i would say is that dylan hartley and to an extent john barkley have a voice that a lot of other players below them don't have so there will be players and a lot of players and you maybe look at someone like matt smith who will leave rugby oh, broken nice. And won't have the same ability to speak out about that. Now, I, I take your point. I think it's hard to complain when you when rugby's given you a very good living. But if you don't have figures like Hartley and John Barkley talking about players being left on the scrap heap, then nothing changes in terms of player welfare. So I don't begrudge them raising it as an issue. And I think that there is we have gone through a period of adjustment that Dylan Hartley and John Barkley came through where it shifted from amateur to professional. Yeah. And I think I that's, we'll, that. we'll, for, it'll be about 10 years, I think, before we know how the players we've got now are going to come out of it. Where the players we're play, that are playing now, the young players like the Darcy Grahams and your Jamie Ritchies, in 10 years' time, if they aren't hobbling around, then we'll know that the welfare systems we've got in place now are, are, are working if they're still hobbling around in 10 years time so that then then there's an issue and i think that's the problem we're kind of in this period of readjustment where everyone's going hang on a minute we've played we've we've run everybody in the ground too much and people have got life altering injuries and long-term impacts on their health things are being done about it but it's going to take a while before we actually see any outcome of that so in the meantime it is incumbent on the the players who do have a voice to speak out and and talk about it and not just be 
you know, let the boys play. I actually asked Fraser Brown about Matt Smith, but we're still under embargo for half an hour, so you need to read the article. Read the article that Ian's going to put on the blog. That'll be on the blog. There's a teaser. There you go. Yeah. There's a good box here. Sorry, was that Sandy broke up a bit there? No, no, I, 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 no, I mean, fair play, Cammy, and I'm not, you know, it, it's, I think that, that uh, the vast majority of them would swap places with them in a heartbeat. And, yeah. Uh, and if, you know, and I'm not sure there's any job in the world offers you, um, you know, one left that is offering you too much space to support. So, uh, but maybe that's, maybe this is where it should start. But, uh, um, I think they just need to wind their necks in just a little bit. Yeah. I think it's how it's framed, isn't it? I think if they're framing it in terms of look how bad this is for yeah. me, then it, it, it's not a good look. I think if it's framed in, I've done all right out of rugby, rugby's been very kind to me, but look at the state of me. There are people worse off than me and we need to talk about how they've been treated. I mean, some of the Eddie Jones stuff just sounded... Yeah inhumane you know and, and we we kind of got that didn't we the, the this the judo lessons and who it was like someone had their career ended by you know the judo session that eddie jones was running i think particularly i think i always knew what eddie jones was like as a manager but it, it didn't particularly help Ian, ian's really enjoying yeah. the uh, ability to make visual cues on the live <laughs> podcast these days <laughs> much harder to do that in audio form isn't it ian yes um, indeed yeah <laughs> Um, so, um, my hands in the ruck is, um, the number of memes I've seen, I've seen pointing out Scotland can still technically win the Six Nations <laughs> because we can, but Eng- England have to get beaten by Ireland and Italy, I think. Or do Italy have to beat Ireland and England, I think? Italy have to win yeah. both games, I believe. Both games, yeah. Um, and, and the chance of them winning one are pretty bloody slim, so. Yeah, it's not happening. And I don't, no. I don't like those who are saying there's a chance stuff. You know, I, I'd like, you know, we need to go and give Wales a good game. And uh, I just don't want to finish fifth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice not to finish fifth. <laughs> I know. We're on a run. I don't think. When was the last time we finished fifth? It was uh, last year. Was that fifth? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> we, um, I can't really look up. Uh, how many games did we win? Have we only won? Did we just win the Italy game on the pre World Cup? Yeah, because we got beat. At home, off oh, and the draw with England, obviously. Um, 38 each, uh, but we got beat at home after Wales and Ireland, and then we get coughed in in France because we were muck. Um, well, that's very true, isn't it? I'm going to double check. I think you're right. Yeah, we did. We did. We finished fifth by one point, one yeah. point behind France. You're quite right. A point's as good as a mile. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be nice not to finish fifth this year. And we, there's, there's a, there is a chance. There's a fair chance of, of not finishing. Very good chance if we beat Wales. I'm pretty sure they'd, they're guaranteed fifth. I think. Yeah. Um, so I think really it's between France and England to win it, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. Ireland are pretty much out of it. Yeah. Um, so, allez les bleus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So that's it um, for this week on the podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. It's been short, sharp, and sweet. As we preview the 1872, we've managed to keep it to about an hour. I think we've made, we're coming in under an hour this week under. as well. I mean, there's been rugby to talk about as well, which is ludicrous, ludicrous stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll be back next week. I'm I'm on holiday next week. I'm not actually leaving the country. I'm not even leaving the house. I'm just not doing anything. Um, 
but John's going to be John's promised to step in, so we'll be a, there'll be a podcast at some point next week looking back at the last eighteen seventy two and looking ahead to the next one. Um, early September, get signed up for the Patreon because early September we are going to have our history of the sevens podcast that we're doing in conjunction with Blood and Mud. We've got Col- uh, Tony Collins, who's a sports historian, very interesting guy. Um, he's actually got a book coming out on the people's history of rugby league, which will be looks. He's been tweeting extracts from it. it looks absolutely fascinating. Um, so um, look out for that and, and look out for that podcast. You'll have to sign up to the Patreon to do it. Ian is, and, and, and I are kind of working on a, a Ben Skeen sitcom as well for Patreon, so that'll be a wee treat. Um, and if you've got any suggestions for Patreon-only content or art, things you want us to cover, let us know and we'll, we'll happily oblige. We'll be a wee treat unless you're Ben Skeen or related to Ben Skeen. <laughs> yeah. But then you'd have to pay £3 to enter the Richie Vernon Thunderdome, Ian, to, to access it. I would hope that Skeeny would pay, cough up the full fiver. Um, just to get a shout out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just so he's listening and watching always. <laughs> so that's it from us for this week. Um, we'll see you. Uh, we'll, well, I'll not see you. Everyone else will see you next week. Um, and keep an eye out for the art, uh, blog. There'll be lots of articles going on San- this weekend. Sandy's right? banned from next week because John's running it. It's just going to be the Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a right, miserable so podcast. Unfair. That's going to be a miserable podcast, isn't it, Sandy? <laughs> Two men they'll crying be in their beers. To, hopefully they'll be able to hear me smile from, from all the way from Glasgow. <laughs> and on that well, note... I'll just be checking the Facebook feed like, Sandy's taking the piss out of us again. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, is goodbye from me and goodbye from Sandy and Ian. Ciao. Ciao.